Hey, before we get started on today's episode of Off the Wagon, I would just like to say a couple things. First of all, this is an extremely old episode, so if anything's kind of outdated, that's why. Uh, also, this is explicit. Um, it was right after the rust trade, so we were all pretty upset. So if you don't like bad words, go uh, hit up the scooter pod. We've got a really good gambling podcast, but I guess you probably wouldn't want to hear that if you didn't like bad words. Either way. Uh, anyways, Thunder Talk coming right after the Anchor ad. Hello and welcome to another edition of Thunder Talk. I'm your host, Bobby Howard. With me today, uh, so kind of joined me, Jameson Maxwell, Ford Brennan. It finally happened. Uh, Russell Westbrook is no longer a member of the Oklahoma City Thunder, uh, having been traded to the Houston Rockets for Chris Paul and two picks. Um, two pick swaps? Two pi- and two pick swaps. You don't it, sound very joyous, Bobby. No, this is not a, this is, this is a time to mourn. Uh, it, it's, it is. Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a right move. Uh, I mean, uh, Jameson, as we said, this was probably the worst-case scenario, and uh, boom, worst-case scenario happened. I'm tired of making cold takes on the pod. Like, it's just like I always say, oh, something's going to happen, and boom, it happens. And great, you can put it on a quote and put it on Twitter as well about how it's like, oh, no way we're going to trade for Chris Paul. It didn't make any sense. Why would we trade for Chris Paul? Uh, And then I was like, oh, probably because – Maybe we have to think about what Russ wants. Uh, I did not think that Sam Presti would ever take on Chris Paul's contract. And as we see now, he's kind of realizing how hard it is to get off of it. Well, I think I think Sam Presti, one, wanted to, you know, with with all of that Russ has done for the for the Thunder and it's in our organization, I think it was kind of right to, you know, at least to consider, seriously consider a destination that he wanted. But two I mean, getting two first-round picks, two pick swaps for Chris Paul isn't that bad, considering the fact that there are other teams that would like to have Chris Paul on their team. So I think Sam Presti banked on the fact of us being able to deal Chris Paul, although that's not looking likely right now. I think that I mean that was his reasoning behind that is that there were other contenders such as possibly Philadelphia, not anymore, but obviously since they just signed uh, um, Ben Simmons to a long deal. Um, Miami, you know, maybe Minnesota. I mean, there's other teams that would want them. So I think Presty banked on that, but obviously it's not really looking good right now. So yeah, that trade might not be looking that hot right now. But in, in I mean, bef- before when he made the trade, I mean, I think that's what he was going for. The thing is, it, it's like Presty has gone, and I, I'm okay with this, by the way. Uh, he's gone full Gary Vaynerchuk here. He's trying to flip everything for anything. Uh, even just 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 for an extra pick or or something, you know, he, he's out here, you know, showing up at garage sales, buying uh, three dollar mugs for one dollar, and then flipping it. that mug. Like he he's he's out here, he's out here grinding. And well, never heard that one before. Yeah, no, he's he, he's <laughs> <that> analogy. <laughs> the garage sale mug analogy. Never heard it, that. Ford, you're just you're just not about that mug life. You're not uh, aware of Vaynerchuk's brilliant strategies, and uh, you'd make a couple bucks if you did. Uh, but either way, what I'm trying All to right. say is, what I'm trying to say is, he basically took Russell Westbrook at, and added two picks because I, I whatever deal we get for Chris Paul in the future, and we'll we'll talk about Paul scenarios uh, a little later. This is this part's going to be about Russ. Uh, Whatever, whatever you think about Paul scenarios, Presti's not going to give up a pick for him. He's we're we're trying to hoard those assets. Yeah, fuck uh, no. Yeah, yeah, no. Like Miami, my Miami was trying to play hardball, and now they're going to have to wait and uh, probably wait till December. But uh, in terms of a deal, it was a shocker. Yeah, um, it definitely was shocking. I mean, I, I take a couple things from this trade. One is. Presty coming out and saying we delivered Russ to his favorable spot once again kind of puts Oklahoma City Thunder in the good guys role. We've really kind of played this good guy thing whenever Kevin Durant was the bad guy and screwed us over. We've shown loyalty 
we go beyond the basketball as a business uh, motto, and we do really well with that. And I think going out and sending them to Houston, even though it might have not been the best for us, was a good thing. On the other hand, James Harden publicly wanted Russell Westbrook, and obviously he wanted Chris Paul out. James, um, I'm pretty sure James Harden was kind of poking at Daryl Morey saying, get Russell here, get Chris Paul out. That's the only way we can get Chris Paul out and get something in return to help us moving going forward, which therefore created more leverage. I, I think we got a good deal with it being from the Rockets. And I have a question for y'all. If we traded Westbrook anywhere else other than the Rockets, do you think we would have gotten, like what would have been our return? What is an honest return for Russell Westbrook by not taking Chris Paul back? Just getting like salaries to match his, how many assets would you yeah. get from Russell Westbrook? I mean, I feel you. I mean, I think we bleated the Rockets a little bit more than they really should have given up, which I mean, they were, I mean, with, with Chris Paul, you know, being forced out by James Harden and, you know, and wanting Russ, I mean, I think it was, it was, it was a lot like, you know, the Clipper situation with Paul George and, you know, Kawhi Leonard in Toronto. But I mean, I feel like with any other team that we would have traded Russell Westbrook to, we would have at least gotten, like I, th- I think Max won first round pick. I agree. So I, so I think bleeding, bleeding Houston out of two really worked out, and especially for Russell's loyalty and everything he's done for the organization. Um, trading him to a place that he desired to be traded to, I, I think we did right by that. I think he earned it um, with the amount that he's done, and I think, I think in a ways it was a really good deal. I mean, I think Presti was wise in thinking. I mean, it's logical in thinking that we can dump Chris Paul to another place for more assets, or at least, you know, at least one more first round. Oh, no, 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 no. We're not getting any assets for Chris Paul. The, Chris Paul's contract is you, not— you, under, you underestimate Sam Presti. Yeah, I— You can definitely bleed a first-round pick one out of at least a Chris Paul suitor. Only if we take in another bad contract again, like a similar situation to Chris Paul. This— Chris Paul, I'll give it to you. He's not like a Chandler Parsons where you get into the contract and he legitimately can't do anything for you. But he's getting paid like what forty-two million dollars in three in two and a half years. That that's gonna be tough. I just I just think Chris Paul, how much is he worth to give up? I think we have to give up yeah. at least one first round pick to give him up and we get back a younger player that has maybe two years left on a rookie contract. I think a half a first rounder is about what I'm seeing here. Well, yeah, yeah, I'm cool with that, but Chris Paul makes this roster competitive. Who cares? Know? So no, it's well, like, we need to di- fucking ditch him. Well, yeah, no, I mean, we do, but I, I don't think we should rush into it and get a bad match for it. I, think about it. Sam Presti, I, I don't know who, if he'll be able to do a flip like he did with uh, Carmelo, but he got a very incredibly great player for a complete salary dump in the Carmelo Anthony deal last year. Uh, granted, there's a, that was a different circumstance. Yeah. Uh, Atlanta was trying to clear space. They've been doing that uh, all this offseason as well, taking the, taking some trash, and, you know, dumping them out, composting uh, contracts, if you will. Uh, but I, I don't know. I, I, I think that waiting is a brilliant idea. Uh, I saw a stat somewhere 40% of – uh, the NBA's players can't can't be traded until December fifteenth due to uh, new free agency moves. So by holding on to Paul, maybe seeing Chris Paul, you know, really you know show out a bit and you know uh, look impressive in a solo role, first time he's really had that since uh, New Orleans. You know that that could drive his value up, uh, and also. It definitely increases the amount of suitors come December, potentially. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, what I was saying was that, you know, Chris Paul isn't some just random bad contract like Patrick Patterson or, or you know, oh. Marvin Williams or something like that. Like, Chris Paul makes teams competitive. Chris Paul is 34 years old but can still compete. So, obviously, I think there's, there is still a lot of value in him, which, you know, validates my reason for Sam Presti trading for him and being able to – you know, flip some some assets out of him. That's what I was trying to say. There, there's there's not a lot of value in Chris Paul, but there's a lot of talent, and it's hard to differentiate the amount of millions that we put into. When you talk Marvin Williams, I think he's a fifteen million dollar guy. 
there's going to be a point where Chris Paul makes three times that in a couple of years. And I was I talking about value and talent and production. And talent like, and production, like, yes. But for every million dollars that you spend on another guy, that's a million dollars less you can put towards the rest of your team. And we saw in the recent NBA Finals, you can have really good players on your team, but if you don't have depth, like depth like the Golden State Warriors do, you're going to get run dry in the playoffs. So $42.5 million deal on the last um, year of his contract is going to hinder teams for having better depth, whoever takes them in. So it, 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 makes, it makes it really difficult with all of that. And I understand he can, he can do really well for somebody, but would you rather be paying um, four guys that are on $13 million contracts or would you rather have one Chris Paul? I mean, I, I definitely agree that you'd prefer depth. I just, I know that there are basketball teams out there who don't believe that. It's not a philosophy that I agree with personally. Um, but I mean, I, I think there is someone out there who would take that much Chris Paul. Yeah. You know, j- just in hopes of doing something. I, 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 I don't know. Well, I, I think I think we can scrounge something out of this. I don't think it's going to be a situation where we fleece another team and get a bunch of like great assets like we did in the Paul George deal by any means. Uh, but yeah, no, I think, I think, I think we can get something. I think we can get something out of this. That's better than what we would have uh, in that Miami deal. Well, we'll look at, well, I mean, I think look at teams like Miami. I mean, sure. Miami's acting all tough right now, but they have zero leverage. And here's the thing. Next year's free agent class is shit. There's like DeMar DeRozan, there's Kyle Lowry, Anthony Davis, who's going to re-sign with the Lakers, so you can take him off the list. And I think that's it. I mean, maybe LaMarcus Aldridge, shit, I don't know. I mean, Jeremy not, no, Yeah, Jeremy. Like, the free agent class isn't that great. So if you're Miami and you have Jimmy Butler, you are, you are salivating for another star to put him up against because next year's class, I doubt you get a guy like DeMar DeRozan or Kyle, I mean, Kyle Lowry's not leaving. Anthony Davis isn't leaving. Like, and those stars either way aren't groundbreaking championship, you know, elevating teams or w- would elevate your squad. So, I mean, I, th- I think Miami is one of those teams that would really kind of be forced to take a chance on Chris Paul because they're not going to get another star in the next year. You know, and, and, and they kind of, I mean, are, are you content with being a six seed in the East, a five or six seed and being a first round exit? No. Mm-hmm. Yeah, especially you know, I, th- I think like, it's good for us going forward um, about all these new free agent signings, these new superstar duos, because they're, they're stuck in place. There's not a lot of guys in the league right now that are high talent that you can trade for to make your team better. Everyone throws out the name Bradley Beal, and I have a good feeling why Miami isn't stretching to get Chris Paul right now is because they believe that there is a chance that they can pry Bradley Beal from the Wizards and t- by taking on John Wall's contract in that as well. Also, what? Okay. Yeah, there, like there's rumors. You think out they there. would trade for both Wall and Beal? Yeah, and they give up all. See, I think the Wizards would just want everyone off the book, like John Wall off the books. They say, we'll give you Beal and John Wall. And we'll take all of your bad contracts, dude. Like that all your would that years. would have to that would have to be like, you know, a, a Clippers Paul George amount of assets kind of deal. And no, I to be completely frank with you, I think John Wall is an ex- the worst contract in the NBA and is an extreme negative asset. And I think Bradley Beal is a very positive aspect. I mean, aspect um, asset. And I think combining those, it really evens out to where it almost like th- for the Wizards' sake, they say, uh, I think. I think we need to do a full rebuild here. But on the other hand... Yeah, but I don't think the Wizards are doing that without three picks. I, I, I know, but Miami can't trade a pick. They are in, they cannot trade a pick by the rules of the NBA right now. For people who don't understand the whole you can't trade consecutive, but oh, well, let's since they have um, traded 2021-2023, that 2023 pick is protected all the way into 2026. Um, with the Thunder, and 2026 is the last absolute pick you can trade to somebody right now. So there's no assets the Miami Heat can trade. That's the deal that is on the table right there if you want to do that Bradley Beal trade. What I'm trying to say is, why that does seem a little bit crazy, that has been thrown out there, and there is other options to the point where the Miami Heat aren't absolutely desperate right now, but they will be. I have a good feeling that I think Oh, Bradley they so Beal, are. 
Yeah, I think Bradley Bill is probably going to re- resign in Washington and just be fine with staying there. That's just what I get from it. And then when well, it he's comes already down, on a huge deal, right? Well, he's coming no. close to the end. He's up for. I thought he's on like a three. He has three more years left on his deal. No, yeah. he ha- he hasn't resigned yet. All right, I'll look it up right now. Yeah, y'all probably right, right, but let me look it up. Well, okay, I got it. I got it right here. Bradley Beal's on a contract for um, next season, two years. Yeah, two years. So he'll be up for okay, next next off season. So um, what I'm, what I'm trying to say is, Miami's trying to play that we don't ha- we're not in desperation mode to take on a Chris Paul. The good thing about this is us saying we will keep Chris Paul. We will take on his contract and say we're going to use him this season. Gives us the time, like Bobby said, to wait till December 15th to move on with like 50% of the league now join into the Chris Paul trade conversation. Therefore, gives us more leverage over Miami. And then when Miami realizes they can't make another trade to get somebody else, the overweening thought of we got to get Jimmy another guy is going to push them even more. Keeping Chris Paul till the middle of the season it only is going to help us with value because we are no rush to win, even though we say we are. That's a bunch of baloney. And two, the luxury tax, we want to get under it this season, but you can keep being over the luxury the whole year just as long as right before the end of the year you trade or cut somebody to get under the luxury tax and you don't have to pay it. Definitely. And I think Chris Paul provides a very interesting wrinkle uh, in, ter- in, in terms of this deception. This was like a if we got say like a Jimmy Butler or someone who you know is just a random uh, you know semi star, and we're like yeah we're gonna keep him and develop him yeah it would it would no one would take it seriously but we have this whole edge where we're like oh he's you know coming back from the Hornets days and we appreciate his time here and he's excited he had a good time here so it's like both Paul and Oklahoma City are really like really shown this uh, kind of, which I totally believe it's, they're, they're bluffing, but they're ve- de- very much selling this bluff well because they have that edge that literally no other player in the league would have other than like, what, Kevin Durant? Sir, uh, yeah. Ke- Kevin Durant or uh, James Harden are, yeah. are the only two other players who have connection to Oklahoma City like that. I, I, that's, I, that's a good I, point. That's I, a good I, point. I think it's just silly whenever people are saying, like, oh, look what Chris Paul can do for this team. Chris Paul does not want to be here. That came out for a reason. Yeah, there's, no change, there's no changing. Like, whenever the new Woj article came out today, there's an agreement on both sides that it would be good for Chris Paul to stay here. That is all Chris Paul's agent saying, if we put this out and showing that you are cooperating, that is going to make it more likely for you to be traded. Nobody wants a guy who is going to be sitting out half the year to come to their team and try to pick up basketball yeah. in the end of the year. He has to play. His hand is forced. And it's not mm-hmm. going to be a good thing for the Thunder. So quit with this. We think that we're yeah. going to move on in a positive direction with Chris Paul. Because it makes Yeah. Like if the Thunder yeah. were going to compete, we would have kept Russell Westbrook. Like the exactly. entire time we're trying to trade this guy. I mean, we're just, you know, trying to elevate as much leverage as we have possible. The reason why it's good for Chris Paul to stay in Oklahoma City is so he can get to his trade destination of choice. That is the only good reason. And to maybe boost his stock a bit so he can get moved easier. That is literally it. Uh, yeah. that, that being said, I'm ex- I, I, I would love to see him play a couple games here and there in, in an OKC jersey. I, I wouldn't be completely mad. It'd be disagree cool. with you. I, I do uh, not be kind of cool. It'd be kind of cool. Uh, it's just cool because it's something different. Come on, guys. Like We love Chris Paul back in the day. If he was like our like child. He was our rookie of the year. You know? Um, but this dude has changed, and what I've seen the past couple of years in the wave of cancer, he's gone through teams and just destroyed teams over and I over. I was going to say that, yeah. That that just scares the living crap out of me. He is not what he used to be. Right now, if he's going to play on our team, I want him completely detached. And good, if he is going to be make our team bad, make our team bad, but do not screw with our young development. I agree. That That is a big concern. Yeah. That is a very big concern. That being said, I, I don't know. Maybe I'm a fool for thinking that if he just cooperates and like we're gonna try to figure this out, stick it out a little longer, we're gonna dish you off somewhere. You know, if he buys into that idea and buys into you know development and just kind of relaxing a bit in OKC, rehabbing his image a bit. I don't know. Going through with the whole rehab, 
Uh, the, the image rehab thing Oklahoma City has done decently well, I feel like. Um, I feel like that's something that uh, if he buys in would be great. But ag- I agree, it could be completely detrimental uh, yeah. to our young core, especially when you, know, you got SGA who, um, you know, that, that should be probably that that needs to be no, the number one objective for the thunder is keeping SGA happy and building an environment that he wants to play in long term and yeah this could really blow it up but it could be great it's, you know it, it, it's kind of a sticky situation because at the one end you know you see Chris Paul as a hall of fame point guard you know no brainer who could really help develop you know SGA uh, with his skills that he possesses. But on the other end, you got to look at the fact that Chris Paul over the years has become a major locker room cancer. I mean, he got, he pushed his way out of new Orleans, you know, teammates hated him in, in, in Los Angeles Clippers, you know, James Harden won his ass out after one, after two years, you know, it's, it's a sticky situation, but I mean, I, I'd be cool with him staying, you know, for a little bit too, if, if he was, you know, going to rehab his image like i mean if chris paul really you know looked himself in the mirror and said like hey i gotta change the way that i do about things you know then yeah cool whatever but i'm trying to trade his ass you know before the season starts 100 I, I i just got a question for y'all why would chris paul mentor mentor sga it doesn't mean like why if he knows that this whole deal is to hold out to get traded before the deadline or get traded in december why is he going to try to make another team better just doesn't make well, sense. It's well, not like well, I'm a good I meant, person. I want to make him better. Well, That's I just meant that in the in in the time that he's here, if I mean forever, how long he's here? I was just saying, just mentor a young dude. I don't know. That's what vets do. Yeah, I like good vets guy, do. You know, that's what a know? guy does on a one year minimum contract. Chris Paul right now is on a half year contract with the Thunder, and it's very well known for that. And with half your contracts, there's every single NBA player is selfish. And the end goal is a championship. And there's no end goal with Chris Paul in the Oklahoma City Thunder right now. So right now, I would almost rather him not even play and give and just keep him on the sidelines and just just give him up whenever the time comes in December. Because it's just I Chris, all NBA players are selfish in nature and you're in Chris Paul being is a very selfish player just anyways he's going to be 20 times more selfish if you guys say quote unquote trying to rehab his image why would he care about anyone else on the team it's just going to be all him I've got to do whatever I can do to raise my trade stock to therefore somebody can get a good enough deal for the Oklahoma City Thunder to accept it and I just I I don't I just don't see him being a team player at all well I mean, him rehabbing his image obviously entails that he would be attempting to be a better player. Yeah. Rehabbing his image, like a better I mean, fucking dude. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's. I, I don't think. I, I don't think we can jump fully to conclusions that it's going to be a disaster from day one. I don't really know yet. Uh, but here's really the biggest question and the biggest angle. No one's looked at it. Do we get his State Farm agent in the trade? <laughs> oh no! Uh, it's, Oscar, it's, it's James, Oscar from the that's office. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, yeah. No Rumble, no. <laughs> oh God! Rumble's yeah. shoot the Ballon Blaster and Galardia or something and destroy everybody's <laughs> houses. Oh God! Yeah, it's. Uh, I, I gotta say, maybe Chris Paul's just gonna be impressed with Oklahoma City, considering his old favorite restaurant was Charleston's. We've kind of upgraded since two thousand five. I've so. got an idea, guys. How about instead of having Chris Paul on our roster, we let him be Cliff Paul while he's on the Thunder? I think that just stick with it. Chris Paul oh. has a really, really bad reputation. He's killing locker rooms. Cliff Paul is this happy-go-lucky, good guy. Gets the job done. He can act like Cliff Paul while he's in Oklahoma City. And we'll ship his ass out, and he can be an asshole in Miami. What? What if we just? What if we just shave? Let's just let's just clave or sh- what? Are, what is it? Let's just shave off uh, Cliff Paul's mustache, send him to Oklahoma City, and then Chris can pretend to be a insurance agent, 
and it'll be in LA while we uh, try to figure it out. That is exactly. And Cliff Paul, I'm sure, ain't got no buckets, and it'll make our team worse, and we can get a good lottery pick. I'm all in on Cliff Paul being the tank commander. So, um, yeah. So, yeah, I think um, in terms of Chris Paul, there's a lot of risk there in terms of keeping him. Uh, I think it's clearly a ploy. If it's not, we're just stupid. Everything that gets released in the media, especially by the Thunder, is some kind of, there's some kind of ulterior motive. Thunder is probably the best team in the NBA of keeping things under wrap that they want to keep under wrap. Woj will not yeah. get the information unless the Thunder wanted it to be out. And whenever Sam Presti said, we, this trade was just as much as acquiring Chris Paul, that's saying, we think we really like Chris Paul, so we're not going to get bullied around and give him up for free. We can wait. That's the good thing about this. We can wait as long as we want. And oh, we hell can play yeah, as, we can. And, and we can play as many games. Chris Paul, if he starts destroying the locker room like I'm scared he am, the great thing about basketball is you're not for, you don't have to play him. Am I wrong? No. You, you can no. just take him out. Just don't play him. You can say, this guy is not doing positive towards our team. He's doing more negative than positive, and people who do that on a team ride the end of the bench. It's the same thing goes for a guy who can't make baskets. If you're doing a negative by not making baskets or making a negative on a team's culture, therefore you don't play. Simple as that. And we've seen very recently how the Thunder have an itchy trigger finger on that. Uh, Paul George... From what I heard, uh, it was more, it was less of a uh, trade demand, more of like a general request. The second he showed interest in leaving, I mean, Presti shipped his ass out. If you're not bought into this culture and to this team, you don't really have a secure place here, no matter who you are. Um, and, and if you express that, you're probably not going to be around the team. It's it, it, culture is so valuable to this organization. And uh, I, I agree. If, if Chris Paul really makes it uh, kind of Jimmy Butler-esque uh, display uh, this year, he's going to get his ass shipped out, and uh, he's going to be distanced. So I, no, I, I, no, I agree with that. No way he would, though. That would tarnish his legacy. What? I, like if he would, what, I, legacy? I, I, what legacy? He's a, he's a punchline. I mean, Chris Paul is a Hall of Famer. I mean, like, he doesn't want to add to this, you know, narrative that he's a coach killer, that he's a, you know, well, maybe not a coach killer, but a locker room cancer. You know, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's going to be that bad. Happens once. It's, it's well, a- I mean, doing it again, I mean, it just only, it only makes it worse. That's what I'm saying. Do you like, think I don't Chris think Paul, he would really try and make it worse. Do you think Chris Paul loses sleep over this at night? Like, oh, what it, what, what is... What is little uh, Ford Brandon thinking me? Uh, does he think I'm a coach killer? I don't know. What, what are the children thinking yeah, of being like? It's a reasonable coach? argument. Jesus. This, it doesn't take away from his skill. Like I said, skill is a completely different thing. But he killed New Orleans. That was a fluke. Killed the LA Clippers. That's a, a coincidence. Killed Houston. That is a trend. Three strikes, you're out. He already has this reputation. And him coming to Oklahoma City and doing again, yeah, that's expected. He, if he's not happy, he's going to show it. Like I said, he's a very selfish player. He was very unhappy at the way James Harden did things, and he wasn't afraid to say something about it. He, we've known this. Even whenever he was in New Orleans, he's a very, understand him, he's a very out, outspoken guy. And he had the reins in New Orleans whenever he was here. It was a really good situation for him, and he was great, and he did a lot of things in our community. But if he doesn't get things go his way, he gets really upset, and he's kind of a spoiled little brat about it. So of I don't co- think OKC has many things going his way, which why I'm very, very hesitant about Chris Paul. Uh, of course, I mean, but playing, if playing with James Harden would really suck. I mean, I understand. I understand him with that one. Well, also you're missing a pretty big variable here. Uh, in in New Orleans, um, you know, and in Houston, there was 
there was an expectation of winning. They were trying to win a championship every year. Here he's just trying to move on to a different team. And Oklahoma City wants him to move on to a different team. So if he buys into that goal, that's a little bit less stressful, less bossy. If he just understands that he just needs to show up, do his job, and we'll ship him off to sunny Miami where he can uh, bicker with Jimmy But Jimmy Butler. Um, yeah, like just I, I think it's different. I think yes. it's different when you're not running for a championship and you're like, hey, just chill out, have some Charlestons. They have great croissants. Uh, <laughs> just relax. We'll get you to Miami. Just, just, just try to ball out. Let's get a little bit of wins. Cindy out. And then we'll t start tanking. That's the goal. Maybe he'll just chill out and not be as much of an issue. Yeah, one common goal with two different paths. That is what I am hopeful for with this team. But I'm just still hesitant. But all in all, if we don't get rid of Chris Paul this season, hear me out. We're got, we got to get under the luxury tax somehow. And who would be a guy that we could trade to get under the luxury tax and um, get assets back for him? Because like I've always said time and time again, we are not trading somebody that we cannot get our maximum asset haul for. We're not trading Steven Adams. Why? Because this, he's got two years left on his deal, and next year, whenever he becomes an expiring, will be a very, very valuable contract because people will be wanting to take in expiring contracts for that 2021 free agency class that is going to be a very huge class. Schroeder, we're not going to get really anything for him. His contract seems kind of bad. So do not trade Schroeder. Who's the one guy on our team Okay, Robertson and Patterson, you're going to have to give up assets to give them the one guy on our team right now that I feel very confident we could trade and get assets back for is Gallinari. But, yep. oh, as, I think, but as I think about 100%. it— 100%. And Steve. And I, uh. but, but listen, you get your maximum assets right now. And trading him now, you would get less than what you'd get next year. And we have all the time in the world, so if we're going to trade Steve, trade him next year whenever he's an expiring deal— and he's more um, could be seen as like a hey, we'll try him for one year. If he doesn't work out, we don't have to re-sign him next year, kind of thing. But we still get a That'd very be a good waste player. of a move though with the talent that he has. Well, but if I mean, you trade for choice. Steven Adams, you're looking to re-sign him. Well, that's their choice. They could they would have the option to re-sign him. They'd have his bird rights to re-sign him. That's the great thing about it. But if it doesn't work out, they move on, and they've got a hell of a free agency class to fill it. Why I'm saying Definitely. is he's trading Steven right now is not the most efficient thing to do. we got to think of things in efficiency. And right now, the guys that are getting um, efficiency-wise that we have to trade now to get the best value is an expiring contract in Gallinari. And once December 15th hits and all of these contracts open up, because remember, Gallinari is a 20-something million guy. Um, we can trade him to a, guy, to a team at the trade deadline, say like a Portland, who I think he would do every time I think about it, I think it would be perfect in Portland and we could get a first round pick from Portland for him because to be honest, they need a shooting four. who is the starting four for Portland. Tell me, I can't tell you. Yeah. After dishing out, uh, Farouk Amino and, uh, Myers Leonard and all them, they, they I mean, lost Ed Davis. Yeah. I mean, that was lost, their four. They, they've lost a ton of, uh, that that type of player, Gallinari, I agree, would be absolutely perfect. So, in terms of a team who's willing to win now and pay that money, you know, for you know one year, I, I think Gallinari easily is just a he's a, he's a perfect. I don't know, he's a perfect trade deadline type of guy. You move, figure that out. You know, uh, just he seems like a like the definition of a missing piece. If Let's 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 just let's just say we're, we we had a good cap situation last year. Uh, I would love Gallinari on our team. I think I think we would have gotten past the Blazers even maybe. I don't know. Um, I, I I agree though. Uh, he's getting paid twenty one mil. I believe Adams is getting paid twenty five this year. Yeah, twenty five and a half. So I mean the contracts Ooh. aren't that. I mean the contracts are relatively close, and I agree. I think you get a lot more for Gallinari. Yeah. Uh, now Portland Trailblazers starting power forward with losing Alpha Camino is like a Zach Collins, and that's a double big lineup. If you're playing Nurkic or Whiteside or whoever's going to be in that role, that's not. They have a glaring weakness at the four, and a shooting four on that team next to McCollum and Lillard could be very deadly. And I think throughout the year they're going to realize they need to make another move. How about we, we could get their first-round pick, even though it'll be in the 20s, 
that'll be something good where we can get off money, we can save it, get under the lecture tax, and at the same time, acquiring another asset. Yeah. Late, late, late round picks are so incredibly important because those are the picks that you can use to parlay into, a, uh, into moving up in the draft and uh-huh. moving up into mm-hmm. the lottery. That is the value of them. I think too many people look at it from a uh, just a standpoint of, oh, who, who cares who get, goes with the 21st pick? It's about the fact that that asset can be par- coupled with other assets and it can move up. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and also, I mean, you're, we're thinking of teams that would want Gallinari, and you're going to think of teams that are kind of on the bubble and need one little piece that can make them a contender. Not a contender, or make them competitive is probably a better word. How about a San Antonio Spurs? Just after missing out on Marcus Morris, kind of had to sign Trey Lyles in just a last-second-ditch effort. They were really looking that for that four, for that four shooter, and I think that they they think very highly of their young guards moving forward. With the development of Derek White last year is going to be great next to now Dejounte Murray, who they thought was a, like a star in the making. And uh, if you put Gallinari down there, and you know what Popovich always does with foreign players, and it's kind of that's such a stereotype. <laughs> but but I mean, but I mean, it's it's it, it seems like a fit. You know, like that would push that team to make San Antonio competitive. Like they'll be a seven seed and they'll be fighting in the in the in the West. Yeah, yeah, I'm down with it. I'm cool it's, with that. Yeah, it's just we trading Schroeder to get under the luxury. Just we're not going to get anything for Schroeder. We're not going to get anything for Robertson. We're not going to get anything for Patterson. For Chris Paul, we're not getting anything currently. Patterson will be lucky to get a second round pick. No, we Patterson's. A, <laughs> we're not. Dude, we, can't, we can't get crap. From Patterson, that we that was I, that was the joke. I think that we, was <laughs> we have to give a second round pick to get rid of Patterson. To be completely frank with you, not too long ago we were just talking about how we are going to put our first round pick with Patterson and move back in the draft. Like, there's no value in Patterson. I now do I think he could do really well on another team if he gets a better attitude and he starts making his shots. Yeah, because he was a really good player in Toronto. It's just what he had here in Oklahoma City didn't work and some things didn't go his way and he doesn't have a strong mental work ethic and um deflecting things that don't go his way and it really impacts him negative whenever you're a basketball player and you go out there with a bad attitude it's going to translate to your play yeah yeah definitely but but i mean other than that i mean i don't think we need to um go crazy and get really nervous about the chris paul trade don't hover over our phones anymore. I've been really bad about it the past two weeks, like really just like waiting for wage bombs to come up. Yeah. I think we can relax. We don't need to make a trade. We can just watch this team develop and something's going to happen, but we're in absolutely no rush right now. I say we transition to something else because we've been talking about Chris Paul for about 35 minutes. Well, yeah, because that's huge news. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's yeah. a long ass time though for one thing. Dude, I think I could talk about Chris Paul for another hour. I mean, it, it 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 really actually is the more interesting part. We are we honestly knew Westbrook was getting traded. Uh, yeah, I don't want to talk about the Rockets that much, uh, but we will. You, you, I, I think we should reflect on Russ a little bit. Not not too much because we have we have a little bit of a treat a little later, but um. Yeah, no, Westbrook leaving, it's it's the end of an era. Uh it's it's pretty sad and I mean uh, everyone's you know poured their heart out and put all their think pieces out by now about it, but you know it just it's it's uh it's officially time to move on, so yeah, I I kind of viewed the whole Russell thing not as like much as sad when the news broke. It's more of like a reminiscing thing. Ever since the Paul George thing dr- dropped, I've been preparing myself for this. So I was kind of numb. Uh, being Getting sent to the Rockets surprised me. But it's not like, oh, I'm so sad Russell's gone. Like, I've had time to kind of take it in and get ready for this. Um, but I don't, I mean, just a pull from you two. Um, a lot of people really don't want to cheer for the Rockets and Russell Westbrook because of just all the bad things that... Um, we've had in the past of the Rockets. I'm cheering for Russell Westbrook no matter what. I'm cheering for the Rockets to do well. I don't care. I do not have any kind of negative feelings about I don't want to see them win a Russ, uh, national uh, NBA championship with um, Russell and the Rockets. No, I'm cheering for Russell. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I don't give a fuck. I mean, I'm, I'm on the Russell train all day. 
like throw throw our differences with the Rockets aside. I want him to win a ring like he rightfully deserves. I want Russell to win a ring, but not with them. I'm I was I really was on the on board with Houston for a bit, and then uh, one of, and then my buddy uh, Britton Sherman just kept tagging me and things. Who hated the trade, by the way, and be like, "Hey, Russell plays for Daddy now," and just don't just, don't. He, I know. Getting no, 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 no. I am out on Houston. They can go kick rocks. They are. They do not deserve Russell Westbrook. I hope they absolutely win nothing, and we get uh, all of the lottery picks. Um, even though, or we we swap the lottery picks because they're protected. That uh, would be nice too. Yeah, no, <laughs> that would be I, nice. I, I, I hope. I hope the result of this trade is they win zero titles. Russell Westbrook wins one with his next location. And uh, the earth is salted in Houston for a thousand years. The bayous uh, turn straight into seawater in Houston, and nothing grows there for centuries. So, oh wow, you have a vendetta for the entire city, dude. This is this is this is just horrible on your end, Bobby. That's just so selfish of you. Russell Westbrook has given us so much this city, and has transformed us so much. And you won't just take a little bit out of your pride. To say I want Russell to have one good thing, he's got four years there in Houston. Four yeah, years. So the Houston. last the last year of his contract is the the year before um, we get the draft picks in twenty twenty four. And if those picks don't convey in the if if they if they convey in the top four, they turn into second round picks. So we want them to be bet like a lot better than uh, or a lot worse than four. Um, but come on. If we let them win one here in like 2021, you know, even the one where we have their pick swap, we we can still take the Clippers pick swap or the Miami Heat pick swap and be fine with it, you know, or the Clippers I, pick swap. I, I think I should. I think I should re re. I don't know. Picture, or not re picture, but re display how I think about this. I don't want Houston to win anything, but I'm not going to be actively rooting against Russell Westbrook. If he wins one, I'm going to be happy for Russ, but I'm not going to be actively rooting for that scenario because that would be... Well, that's everyone's feelings. I don't I'm know. Not a, I'm not a Houston fan. I'm a Russell yeah. Westbrook fan. No, if I, Russell Westbrook wins the NBA championship this next year, I'm going to be very happy. And as an aside, if I'm cheering for Russell Westbrook in the playoffs, I'm going to have to cheer for Houston. I'm not a Houston fan. I'm not leaving the Thunder. Thunder is forever number one. I'm not picking up my bags no. and going. I'm not no. saying people should do that. But you should want Russell to be happy because it's his time now. He's 30 years old, dude. Like, how no. much time left does he have to go out and win one? Dude, I, no, I, trust me. I agree. I want Russell Westbrook to win a championship. And if he does, I'm going to be very happy for him. I'm just going to be indifferent about the whole process of him in Houston because I don't like those guys. So if Russell does well, I, I'm, all, I'm all for it. I'm happy for him. I'll root for seeing Russell do well. Um, but, you know, I, 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 don't, I don't really care if Houston wins or not. If Westbrook wins one, that's great. I'm all for it. But I'm not going to be rooting for Houston. I'm not going to be pulling for the Rockets. If he wins one, great. If he doesn't, that sucks. But also, hey, Houston lost one, so that's okay too. I, I, I stand more in terms of indifference and focusing on the rebuild than anything. Whoever wins, whatever, I don't care. But I can't actively root for them. That's that's a bridge too far. Well, yeah, I'm not going to root for Houston, but I'm rooting for Russell Westbrook. Yeah, I, I no, want I him wanna, to do well. No, I agree. I'm not. I'm not saying I, I. I. I'm not wishing a pox upon Russell Westbrook. I just really don't like Houston. Yeah. I hope. Yeah. yeah I hope they can Russ, go take a hike. I, I'm. I, we're not gonna. I'm not telling people to publicly cheer for Houston by Houston Rockets Russell Westbrook jersey, but the thing is. We can't. Someone's going to win the NBA championship every single year. That's just how it is. And if I had to choose someone to win that wasn't the Thunder, it's going to be Russell Westbrook. We can't have a universe where nobody wins the championship. You know, like who else would you be cheering for to win the NBA championship other than Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets, Bobby? Like who would be the team that you'd rather see win next year? I can you think of another team off the top of your head? I'll give you 15 seconds. The Milwaukee Bucks. Really? Would yeah, you be that'd be happier? Good. That'd be cool. Would you be happier? Would you be truly happier to see Milwaukee Bucks win the NBA championship over the Houston Rockets and Russell Westbrook? 
Yes, well, it's better it, than LeBron and the Lakers winning. Well, well, also mainly because if the Milwaukee Bucks win the championship, it won't feel like my testicles have been punted into my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> to see both James Harden and uh, Russell Westbrook add to the list of Thunder players who've won it, it would it would be it would be so bittersweet. But for it to be that's in so Houston, selfish. I don't care. I don't care if it's selfish. I don't uh, care if it's selfish. Do you do you think people on uh, do, you, do you think people on Twitter are going to be applauding me for my bravery and uh, oh look how unsel how selfless you are for supporting Russell Westbrook in the Rockets? No, you don't <laughs> give a I, shit. I don't care about what other people think. I, I care about what I think. Oh man, I, I think that, that's what it's down. You're you're letting too many of these other guys and your friends and people on Twitter get into your head too much that you don't want to deal with all that crap. What I want to deal with is I want Russell Westbrook to win one because he's a good guy. And what he's done for our city is absolutely amazing. And what we see around when you walk around downtown is because of him, because of his loyalty. And I want him to get his. I want him to win one too. Don't get me wrong. I just, I don't care if Houston wins one. If he wins one, it's great. But Houston puts me in a, in a position where I, no, screw them. I don't. I no. I'm out. I'm out on Houston. It's not I'm because not, of Patrick Beverly stuff. It's it's because of the fans and how they were all anti Russell Westbrook about the James Harden MVP stuff. And the is GM. That, and the GM. Yes. Is is that stuff? Well, let me tell you something. That's basketball and that's competition. They're going to back up their guy and they're going to try to bolster James Harden and put down Russell Westbrook because mm. that is a comp. They want to win the award. Whenever did you, see, you are, did you see Sam Presti talking about Harden like that? No, because he's that's just a different way of competing. People have different kinds of like competitive aspects. If you are doing something to help you get try to get a better chance, therefore into winning an award or winning something, I respect that because that is part of the game. Taking it personally is where you're going wrong with it. It's look, I, I don't take it. Look, I think you're taking it like I'm taking it like super personal, dude. You're you're yelling, getting your voice, and you wanted to. What what were the what were the things you were saying about Houston? Yeah, Bobby, I can feel the fumes from you right now. <laughs> it's called it's called creating good yeah. content. Like it, <laughs> I'm just trying. I'm just trying. I, just, <laughs> did you did you really think <laughs> I wanted to see the city of Houston salted forever, like Carthage? I mean, come on. Like, obviously, it was some exaggeration. It's trying to be funny. It's a it's a podcast. Bobby, you're mad. <laughs> big old hedge here, Ford. I think he's starting to realize. I look. I'm. I just. I don't like Houston. If they don't win one, that's great. If they do, happy for Russell. That's how I look at it. I'm not going to be rah rah. Let's go Westbrook win a championship. If he wins one, he does. If he doesn't, that's okay too. I am not. I'm not going to be rah rah about it either. I'm just saying. Will I? Out of all the teams, I would rather Russell Westbrook and the Houston Rockets win this upcoming NBA championship. Not okay. going to be cheering for him. Well, I don't want to see rather no one win. Well, yes, you know, exactly. I don't. Us, want, but, I don't yeah. want to see anybody win other than the Thunder. Other than Thunder, I don't. It, that's why I hate watching the NBA Finals every single year. I don't care if it's good. I just don't like it because deep down, I'm very competitive, and I think my team should be there. Now it's going to be a completely different feeling, um, but. I, I, it's hard for me to watch another team win. It really is. But it sucks. Especially a West team. I, I think for the first time in a long time, we have an ulterior kind of, if you find the silver lining in it, let me tell you something about a little thing I call PMA positive mental attitude, Bobby. Um, <laughs> for anybody who's goes by my house, uh, that is my Wi-Fi password, positive mental attitude. Sometimes whenever you're trying to start off the day or start off a new chapter in your life, just kind of look in the mirror and just have a positive aspect on things. There's so many negative things I could think about Houston. There's so many things I could sit here and talk about on this podcast about what is so bad about Houston. But I choose to put those aside because I know there's a guy named Russell Westbrook who gives his heart out for everything. There's a guy does. named Russell. <laughs> um, he deserves to win so I don't care about how I feel. That's his career. This is his everything. I want him to get it. His. Okay, so we should all just kind of conform to your uh, standard of sports morality here. No, no. That's I'm not. I'm not telling you to. I'm just saying. No, I think okay. I think Bobby's okay. just a traitor at this point. Oh, okay. Call me a traitor. <laughs> I'm. I'm. 
I'm riding with the Thunder so hard that I, I will not root for the Rockets. But, hey, yeah, it's me. That's the issue. I'm saying in the playoffs, can you cheer for the Thunder? What? Yeah, of course what? I cheer. I don't how, understand that no, one. No, how, I'm saying, that, okay, we're not going to be in the playoffs. Is what I'm yeah. Can you cheer see for what the Thunder mean. in the playoffs when they're not there? You know? No, I, no I, I know. But also, what I'm trying to say is I choose indifference. Okay, I think that's impossible. We can have that's a separate argument, but I think watching a sports game, people can say I'm not really cheering for anyone, but deep down, there's always kind of you have like it's fifty one forty nine. You're always kind of a slight cheering for someone. I get that. I get that. Look, I just that's that's my thoughts about the Rockets. I know there are several people who also hate the Rockets, including one uh, Deborah Buckets, who yeah, also. Yeah. He also it feels the same way I do. So it's not like I'm some sort of like angry shrew who hates Ru- like the Rockets and Russell Westbrook. And I mean, and I'm the only one who feels like this. Yeah, it's not you, just me. You aren't. You aren't. Yeah. And, that's, and that's why that there's, a, there's an argument for it, and it's a good debate. And I think Ford has been a nice mediator and a nice in the middle here. And yeah. uh, uh, Ford, uh, what, what are your final thoughts on this? On the whole – I mean I- – I mean, Russell Westbrook's the greatest player in Thunder history, so, I mean, obviously I want him to win a championship. Unfortunately, he's with the Rockets, and we have mad beef with them, so it sucks. But, I mean, if they if they won, like, I'd be happy for Russell. I mean, it would really suck to deal with the Houston fans, but at the end of the day, you know, it's it's to me it's about, you know, Russell Westbrook finally getting his, I mean, the reign that he's deserved this whole time. Um, so I, I'd, be, I'd be extremely happy for him. I mean, it sucked to deal with the Houston fans, but at the end of the day, I think Russell winning a ring, no matter who the team, with, whether that be the Warriors or, you know, with LeBron and the Lakers, I mean, I just want Russell to win. Well, I this conversation is kind of starting to run its course, but I will say this before we go. It won't just be the Houston fans. We will never live this down until we win a championship, if it happened. Mm-hmm. And that's part of the process. We're riding the storm, as they say on the Twitter sphere uh, right now. Uh, I, th- I think we just got to be patient. And we've been a very, very spoiled fan um, team. And we have not really experienced much bad things with the Thunder. We've had like tough moments with losing like Kevin Durant yeah. and stuff, but we've always been a competitive team, not counting the first year. This is going to be a completely different thing. It's going to yeah, be completely this is a, different, yeah. and we just got to roll with it. This is a whole new era for us. I mean, literally, we had like what twenty wins our first year, and the next year we had fifty, and we didn't look back. You know, so I mean, this this is a whole new era. I'm I'm yep. kind of excited for it. I've never we've we've never been here in this situation before. So, I mean it's it's different. Unfortunately, I mean we lost, you know, two our two of our greatest players ever in franchise history, and it, I guess three if you count Kevin Durant in the recent years. I mean it, it just really it sucks, but I'm excited. This should be really fun. It makes a lot of different you know elements to the game way more exciting, such as the draft. You know. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm excited for the rebuild as well, and I'm honestly looking forward to the new era. And we are honestly as set up as any team has ever been for a rebuild. I'm all in on it. I'm excited for that. Um, but yeah, so that was it. That was that was a nice little little chippy segment. We don't really do that a ton. It was a kind of kind of good to get in the mud a bit. Bobby, I didn't think you were in the mud. I thought, I, thought, I thought it was a little muddy. I thought it was fun. I, I thought Bobby was about to lace the dirt of Houston. Not a single lizard will live there. Mm-hmm. No. Fuck them lizards. Um, anyway, <laughs> hey, Ford, Ford has cursed at least eight times so far in this pod. He set a record, so... With just, what? You've, <laughs> Ford, you've cursed. not... No- you haven't. You've not noticed the <laughs> fact that you've been dropping f bombs and shit the entire time. Oh, oh, oh! I, I, sorry. I miss. I misheard you. 
I thought you meant like I am cursed, like a witch's curse. Like, no, <laughs> it's like sorry, dog. That's the club specials in me right now. No, no I mean that, that's the alcohol. I mean, I thought you were like I'm, I am, like spell cursed. I was no, like, what are no, you talking no. about? Oh no, why well, routinely drop f bombs during this podcast? No, no, I feel no, like no, it's normal you, at this point. It, no, it, it's usually at least like contained. Like you, you're clearly trying to do something like. <laughs> You'll be like, fuck, and be like, oh, there's the first one, and then you don't say any other one. This one, you just rattle them off, man. It, it was, it was, it, we could tell the club specials were getting to you. Though. Oh, well, hey, that, it's content, man. Hey, man. good. It's oh, good hey, content. Me and old, me and old Robert Mondavi had a, had a pretty, 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 pretty good uh, time. Dude, I, I love Robert Mondavi. Ooh, that is dude. some great wine. I love the reds. White, not so much. Reds, Thanks. I fuck with that. Technically, this is the Woodbridge by Robert Mondavi, so like the bush light of Robert Mondavi, but hey, it worked. <laughs> anyway, so that's a little, little banter. Um, but yeah, do you guys have anything else you want to say about the trade or uh, Chris Ball or anything before we head on to uh, wrap this thing up? No. no? I, I, uh, think I think we're good. I think Ford doesn't want to talk about Chris Ball anymore. Yeah, I'm pretty fucking done with that. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> Well, anyway, so um, thank you guys so much for listening. Uh, we put together a little bit of a treat for y'all. Uh, you know, we, Russell Westbrook means a lot to this city and the state. And, you know, the, the past 11 years have been incredible. So, you know, we asked some of you to put a, put a few words together to say goodbye to good old Russ. Uh, so we're going to play that in a bit. But before we go, just want y'all to uh, hit that subscribe button if you like the pod. Five stars for the boys. It's always good. That made me sound incredibly douchey. Uh, please overcome that and give us the five stars anyways. Uh, <laughs> anyways, hit us with that five-star review. Comments, concerns, love to hear it. Um, if you think there should be more ice chewing on the pod, I'll uh, comment that too, I guess. Anyways, um, yeah, for... Uh, for me, Jameson, and Ford, this was another episode of Off the Wagon Thunder Talk. Thank you guys so much for listening. And here's um, here's Russell Westbrook, uh, you know, our, our thoughts on Russ. So love you guys. Have a good one. Russ, you've created an absolute roller coaster of emotions for me in my time as a Thunder fan. From the highs of ending Kobe's playoff career with your flip shot, which is by far my favorite moment in Thunder history. Your rim-rocking, post-rising dunks, and then just your high passion and work ethic towards the game. You've really brought me so much pride and joy in being a Thunder fan. Undoubtedly, though, there's been a lot of things that you frustrated me with. There's been a lot of lows. I was first to question your IQ and shot choice and inefficiency, or times not running back on defense just to complain to the ref. It infuriated me because it, it it's such an elementary concept to run back on defense. Triple doubles. You were criticized for those so much. And even though I really wasn't the biggest fan of them, I defended you to anyone everyone because of what you have done for Oklahoma City. All of my frustrations, those have subsided now. And I'm in complete appreciation of you and everything you have done. It may sound silly to say something so sappy about an NBA player, but sports are one of the biggest drives in creating culture. You made the Oklahoma City Thunder fun. You made Oklahoma City fun. You made people love basketball in such a football-heavy state, all because of your loyalty. While my emotions with you have been a lot of highs, a lot of lows, a lot of frustrations, I will always love what you have done. You never know what you got till it's gone. Go, Russell Westbrook. Go get yourself what you deserve. You know, Russell Westbrook is the greatest player of all time in Thunder basketball history. You know, and throughout the highs and lows, like the meniscus tear, throughout the groundbreaking MVP season, all, all throughout these 11 years, what he's done for this organization. I don't know if it's possible to sum up what Russell Westbrook means to Oklahoma City in just a few words. For 11 years, we are forever indebted to him. I mean, he stayed when I don't know if it's possible to He embraced Oklahoma as his own and proudly became the state's you know, ambassador, global ambassador. And he helped build Oklahoma City into a first-class organization 
and the gold standard for a small market and turn the Thunder into one of the best stories in NBA history, considering from a relocation standpoint. And his classic fashion statements, followed by hours later, you know, by memorable dunks and game winners and, and triple doubles and stuff like that, forever will be remembered, and I just can't wait. Like, I cannot wait for the number zero jersey retirement. That shit will be lit. And, you know, Oklahoma City had no business being in the NBA in 2008. And, and Russ, you know, you know, the, our, he's our guinea pig. He's the first player ever really to be, you know, in a Thunder uniform. And he's an L.A. native, and he embraced us and gave us a chance and in turn became one of our own. And him and Jim Thorpe really carried the torch for Oklahoma athletes. And he raised the bar high to an unfathomable degree, and we're forever grateful. I don't know if it's possible to sum up what Russell Westbrook means to Oklahoma City in just a few words. For 11 years, Russ embodied OKC. The passion, the commitment, the chip on the shoulder, all of that resonated with us. We fought through the tough times, celebrated the good, but at the end of the day, Russ was as Oklahoman as anyone. Nobody here could ever have thought we'd ever get a basketball team or hell, anything better than minor league baseball. We are always a town stuck with tragedy and bad luck. Oklahoma has always been looked on and probably always will have to deal with people turning their noses up at us. Likewise, Russ was constantly maligned during his time here, but he never cared what people thought. He kept pushing. He focused on being the best he could be despite the odds or the pundits, and he produced historic moments that we would never have dreamed of seeing. Russ taught us all how to stand tall. He gave us something to be proud of when we were at our lowest after Kevin Durant left. As Oklahoma City moves on both in basketball and as a city, I think we'd be worse off if we lost to Russell Westbrook in us. No matter what anyone says about our team or our home, we'll keep pushing to be better despite the odds. Because why not? Thank you for everything, Russell. Good luck in Houston. <laughs>